0: For joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast, to learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. Luke chapter two. If you have your Bibles, Um, we're continuing our series entitled "Imagine" and um, want to look at a most common. Uh, uh, Christmas text in Luke chapter 2, but I want to look today just from the aspect of what is represented in this season. This season is known as a season of joy. Uh, We're reminded of it. It's uh, on our decorative pillows this time of year. It's on special coffee mugs designed for this season. It's, it's on artwork that we put out during this time of year and then take it down when it's over. It's joy that is uh, even put on the uh, light displays of our front yards. It's the season of joy. The unfortunate thing is that joy itself and the effects of joy are sometimes seasonal as well. Sometimes the effects of joy becomes a seasonal experience. And I wanna, today in this, uh, this message on Imagine, I, I want you to imagine Can you imagine having a joy that is unshakable, a joy in every season, a joy that remains no matter the season, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, a joy that sustains. In uh, Luke chapter 2, I want to look in just a couple verses here. Would you stand with me today and uh, read a familiar scripture? If you have ever seen uh, Charlie Brown and the Peanuts Christmas, you have heard this. And so you are very, very much aware of it. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Somebody say good news. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Now say great joy. joy. I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. High five somebody beside you right now and tell them this is the best news ever. It's the best news ever. Some of you just started high-fiving before you even knew what was going on. Now, whatever. Here we go. Here we go. This is the best news ever. I want, you to, I want you to hear this today. This is the best news ever. Are you hearing me? I bring you good news. This is not me speaking. The angel of the Lord sent from heaven, the host of, of an, the angel's armies, came and declared among shepherds that this is good news that he has given good news that will cause great joy. Father, I pray today that that joy would come alive in our hearts. Let the truth of what what this good news is, God, let it transform. And I pray that whatever season we're in, God, let it be a season of joy, a season of your spirit working in us, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, would you say amen? amen? You may be seated. Joy unshakable, that's the title I want to share from this morning, joy unshakable. In 1 Peter 1 verse 8, uh, Peter talks about joy unspeakable. Some of us know that song, and the moment I sing it, your toes started tapping, or you, you started tapping your toes and singing the joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now I just said those words, and so somebody like, it's just not going to stop right now. You know the old song, we're familiar with the joy unspeakable. The joy that is unspeakable is a joy that cannot be expressed with words. The best way to describe that would be maybe on Christmas when someone opens a gift that they were that they were desiring but maybe not expecting but overwhelmed with and they open the gift and the response to the gift is a scream or a shout or something. How many have ever had a moment like that? You know what I'm talking about, the excitement, some of you need to give some better gifts y'all I'm just kidding it inevitably happens in our home. We don't do it to, to see. It's not one of those things like, oh, who's going to cry this year? But there are certain people in our homes that at Christmas time, when they open a gift and it's special, they begin to cry. And so it is inexpressible joy. It is joy unspeakable. Don't judge me because I cry. It's not a big deal. And uh, I just get moved sometimes. My, my daughter gave me a gift one time. Jordan, she wrote me a dictionary. She wrote a dictionary of the sayings that I have and the things that this girl, uh, I, I couldn't help it. I started reading it. I was crying half because I was laughing at what she put in there. She's so stinking creative, the stuff that she writes and, and uh, all of the rest. But when you experience a joy that's unexpressible, a joy that is, is beyond words, we understand joy unspeakable. In fact, we know it in life's moments. We love to laugh. We love to express. We love to have those moments. We know joy unspeakable that responds to life's moments. But do you know joy unshakable? Do you know joy unshakable that remains no matter what the moment is? No matter what the season? No matter what the circumstance that might be? How stable and secure is joy? your joy. We know the joy that goes beyond the ability to express, the, the, the excitement, the laughter, the, the applause, the, the, the things that would overwhelm us, but the unshakable joy that sustains us. How secure is your joy? A couple of weeks ago, I was heading to the store, and as I was heading to the store, Jody had mentioned to me that we need a new trash can for the kitchen, so wanting to make good points, I bought a trash can on the day that she requested it, ask and ye shall receive, doing the best I can, I bought a trash can, this trash can has a foot pedal, and when you push the pedal, it opens up automatically with the, foot, the push pedal. Some of you are like, what's the big deal? The other one just was the plastic spinny thing at the top, and it just worked, but this one's fancy. It even slows by itself on the way down. It doesn't take much to impress me. I bought this, this, this trash can. I'm ready to bring it home. I take it to the register, and I pay for it. The lady asked me this question. She says, would you like a two-year replacement plan? Who gets a replacement plan on a trash can? Are you for real? I mean, we're going to get a trash can replacement plan. And my thought is, how good is this product if you need a replacement plan? And I guess the reply could simply be this. Well, it's not just the protection of the product. It's to protect the product from the users of the product. Because sometimes that product is going to go through life. It doesn't matter how well that product is made. There are people who will put that product to use. There are circumstances or places that that product is going to be. And it's going to be under pressure at times. And there was a guarantee that no matter what happened to this thing in a two-year span, that it could be replaced. Of course, I had to pay a little extra for the guarantee that it would be replaced. But it provided a protection plan. And I'm thinking, how good is the product that it needs to be a protection plan? But life has those moments where pressure comes on. It's put under pressure. And it's not because the product may be not not any good. It's just that sometimes the product goes through difficult circumstances and situations. Sometimes there's uses that were unforeseen and places that it puts us. It doesn't mean today that you're in the wrong line of work. It might mean that you've gotta learn how to manage some of the pressure that's come into the line of work that you're in. It doesn't mean that you're married to the wrong person. It just means you need to learn how to manage the pressure that has come in this situation. Doesn't mean that you've made the wrong decision in your studies or your career path because it doesn't matter what your past has been. What matters is your right now because even if you did make a wrong decision in your past there is a God who knows how to take life's pressures and push you and move you into the place that he has for you that he is still able to work out a hope and a future in your life no matter what the past may have been and no matter what the past may have brought you through that whatever pressure life we're going to go through pressure doesn't mean that you didn't have a good life before it just means no now life has a different pressure You're going through something different than you've gone before. You're you're going through something you didn't really prepare for, didn't understand what it would be, but just the same that in our lives there needs to be this protection plan. What is it? It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee that no matter what happens, that there is something that can back it up. I I want you to know today that the product was good to begin with, but the the backup plan and the protection plan caused it to be great. Your joy is good. But when you know the source of your joy, that's when you know great joy. When you know the source of your joy, when you know that there's a backup plan, that your joy is not because of life's right now moment, but your joy is that there's one who's brought you good news, who's given you a hope and a future, that you know your joy is built and based upon something far greater. Your joy is only as good as what it's built upon. Your joy is only as good as what is what it's built upon and what it is that's backing up. Joy is a good thing but becomes it becomes great joy when it's built upon the proper things. Listen what what it says in Luke chapter 2 verse 9 or verse 10, we just read this text. It says this, don't be afraid, he said to them. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. I bring you good news that'll bring you great joy. Here's the good news, that born in the city of David is the savior of the world, the Messiah, the Lord, the promised one. The good news is not just, or the announcement is not just that an event occurred, but it was the arrival of the promised one who was to come from the very beginning. It was the promised one who was to come. It was not good news just because a baby was born. It was good news because the promised one from the very beginning who is in control of all things holds all things together that the one who is promised was born. You have great joy because you know the good news. And too often we're waiting on temporary news or or news that is in the moment to bring us joy when that news that is temporary and momentary joy can only carry us so long. But the good news is what will carry you, no matter whether it's a good market or a bad market, no matter whether it's a sunshine or a rainstorm, no matter what the season, that there becomes a joy that can sustain and hold you. If you know the good news, it produces a great joy. If you want to write this down today, if you're taking notes, write this down. Your joy is only as secure as what you base it upon. Your joy is only as secure as what you base it upon. Joy is connected, is always connected to something that it's built upon. This is great joy. Is your joy in something greater or is it in something vulnerable? Too often our joy is limited or built upon things of of vulnerable circumstances and and situations that it becomes too easy for our joy to be snatched away or for something to, to cause the joy to be lost. Realize this today. You never have joy for nothing. Joy is always dependent upon something. You don't ever just wake up and you have joy. Now, if you wake up and you have joy, there's because there's a sense of everything is the way it ought to be. But how many know you always don't have that kind of joy? Now, if you do, I don't know where you're living or what you're doing or what's going on. There's no such thing as just always having the joy that is I always feel like I'm on top of the world and everything's right where I want it. That's not joy. That's a joy that is unspeakable, but that's not unshakable joy. Because unshakable joy really means that there are times where it's not the best report, but I'm still holding on with a hope and a joy that is my strength. That in the midst of a circumstance and a situation, your, your joy doesn't just happen. Joy is the effect of a cause. You know what it's like. She said, yes, you're happy. You got the job. It's wonderful. You got the promotion. You got the raise. You, you got the house. You got the opera. You know the, the inexpressible, the unspeakable joys that are in the moments of life, the moments that we build upon. We look forward to those. Those are moments. It's a cause and effect, but realizing that the joy that we need to have needs to To be connected to something far greater than the momentary matters of life, because there are moments when what you have today as a joy can be gone tomorrow. But will your joy be gone with it? That job could be a moment today and lost tomorrow. But does our joy remain? Is there a joy that will sustain? Psalm, the psalmist in Psalm 16 said. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. He's saying it's the joy of your presence. Where's the joy coming from? It's joy that is connected to the presence of God. John 15, Jesus said these words, I have told you these things. These things are my commandments. He said, I've told you my commandments so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Where does that joy come from? From following and obeying the commandments of God. It's a connection to doing God's God's will, and operating in God's ways, that it produces joy. Joy is something that we don't just respond in, but it's something that we recognize that we already have, it's available, it's inside of us. L- look at this this morning, great joy is not a response, but a resource. I, I want to spend a little bit of time here, I want you to hear this today, great joy is not a response, but a resource. You and I all know joy is a response, we already got that down. We already, we already know joy, which is the response and unspeakable joy. The joy that you can't even express because you just feel it and it overwhelms you and it's just wonderful. It's joy. We know that. Some of you are like, it's been a long time since I've felt that. It's been a long time since I've had that joy. You might be here today and this Christmas, it's been a long time since you felt the joy that you felt like things are right in its place, that things are in a good order, good place. But your joy isn't built upon the circumstances. That's unspeakable joy. But there is an unshakable joy that is deeper, that holds and and protects and keeps and and helps guard us and strengthen us. Great joy is not a response but a resource. Joy cannot be manufactured but only cultivated. I, I I want you to hear this today. Joy cannot be manufactured but only cultivated. You can't manufacture joy. You can't just piece it together and make it work. Joy, in fact, the reason you can't manufacture it is because joy is a product of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 says that joy, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All of the things that are listed as the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, that joy is a fruit of the Spirit, which means joy cannot be manufactured but can only be cultivated. You can never go out in your backyard and make fruit. You don't just walk out in your backyard and make fruit. What are you going to do today? I'm going to make fruit. What kind of fruit are you going to make? No, the only thing you can do, in fact, when it comes to fruit, you don't produce it as much as you permit it. What it really comes down to, in order for fruit to grow, your job is not to make it grow. Your job is to permit it to grow and allow it to grow. Your job is to cultivate the ground and create the atmosphere and create the right circumstances and situations in which the fruit can grow. You can't make fruit grow. The only thing you can do is remove the stuff that hinders the fruit from growing. Someone here today needs to hear that, and that's going to be a breakthrough moment for you and your joy. Because you're waiting for something to bring joy, and you don't just get joy. You permit joy. You move, and what you allow in that cultivating is happening. Some of us are not having joy because we permitted the wrong things in our atmosphere. We permitted the wrong things to come into our atmosphere, and it's, it's hindering the joy because your joy that is built on something is hindering the joy that is already there that God says, no, I want it to produce and come through and break through your circumstances. I want it to produce this joy. I want this to work inside of you, and when you cultivate something, you don't make it grow. You allow it to grow. You following me this morning? Does that make sense? I feel like that, that is so foundational and basic But you need to see that within developing the fruit of the Spirit within your life. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to start doing it. No, you need to recognize there's some things that need to be adjusted. You need to prepare the ground. Let me go to Matthew chapter 13. Jesus, you you can turn there, but in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gives a parable. Some of us know it as the sower, the, the parable of the sower. And he's talking about seed that has fallen on ground. He gives the parable, and it falls on four different types of ground. He gives the parable, and then he comes back later, and he gives the the explanation to this parable or this illustration. I want to read that to you, and I want to look at these these four grounds that, that are mentioned. Here's what it says in Matthew 13, verse 19. When anyone hears the message, Jesus says, when they hear the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that is sown along the path. That's the soil number one. It's sown along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once they receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Then the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it this is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred sixty or thirty times what was sown that there's an increase how many know that God wants you and I to increase in the fruits of the spirit that which is joy that those who are in Christ ought to have a joy that is full of glory unspeakable that is something that moves and lasts beyond life's times what's it take it takes having the right soil in order for for the seed to grow because once again or one last time you don't go out and make fruit grow you go out and you cultivate the ground so that the fruit is permitted or allowed to grow you remove the hindrances that are stopping the fruit from growing that needs to take place I want you to see these four soils that are mentioned here's number one it says it falls along the path what's this represent this is a joy now I know he's talking about the word but would you give me the permission to say that when we activate and allow and understand God's word, which is the good news, when we allow that to take root, it will produce the fruits of the spirit and the joy is one of those that it'll produce joy in our lives. Is that okay? Would you agree with that? That when we allow the word of God, when we know the good news, I bring you good news that will be, that will cause great joy to all people. So here's number one. Number one is it falls along the footpath or the, the, along the path. Jesus says this, that it's along the path the footpath where everybody travels, some of us are not finding joy because we're putting our joy where people can easily step on it. We're letting our joy sit in places where people can easily step on our joy. We're putting our joy, this is based on other people. This is based on people's acceptance. This is based on a grouping. This is, our joy is all about the people we're with. There's nothing wrong with having joy about the people you're with, but if your joy is so wrapped up with the people you're with, then that's a joy that can easily be stepped on. You know why? Because people will always let you down. It's not my intention. I I don't mean to let down. I don't mean all the time. It's not something of intention but I'm prone to an imperfection in this world of things that would happen and even things I didn't mean to do or didn't intend to do happens. And so it gets crushed and something happens. You, you hurt, you harm, and there is difficulty. I need to do my best not to step on your joy. I need to do my best not to step on your joy. But you know what else we need to do? I need to not only do my best to not step on your joy, but we've gotta be careful we don't let our joy just sit around where people can walk all over it. That we don't put our joy in other people, of people's responses, what people give us, what people do for us, that gets so wrapped up in people that when the joy is on the path that people are walking on, that it can easily be crushed. Jesus is saying that the seed that's on the, on the footpath, that it becomes trampled. The birds come and eat it. It doesn't even have any place to go because it's set where it doesn't belong. He says as well then that the rocky soil. That some seed falls on the rocky soil, and this rocky soil speaks to circumstances. Because if you, if you hear it earlier when Jesus says it, he says that it grows or it takes off immediately, but it doesn't have deep roots. And so when the sun comes out, it scorches it. You know what that means? That means that's the joy that responds to circumstances. If the sun's out, depending on how the sun is, depending on what the sun is doing, the sun will determine how well this joy is going. If you base your joy on the weather, how many know you've got a difficult time ahead of you? It becomes circumstantial joy. It's built on the circumstances that if things go in my favor, if they respond the right way, if I get the right job, if the thing happens the way I want, if it moves forward, if it's built on the circumstances, and when the circumstances don't go our way because they, all, they won't always go the way we want, that our joy becomes so difficult to really cultivate because we've allowed it to be built on something that is not deepening. It becomes circumstantial. Even as I'm sharing this today, what is it that brings you great joy? You know, one of the great joys for me, my most joyous moments. My most joyous moments for me are family. I'm just that guy. I'm not the guy that's like, uh, in fact, this is what, you know, the, uh, when I go see a, uh, a counselor and a therapist, he's like, dude, you need, a, you need a hobby. I'm like, well, I'm not that guy that's like, hey, let's go spend time and whatever, if I'm going to go spend time, it's like, well, let's go visit a church and see what they're doing for Jesus and how we can do something big for Jesus. I need a hobby. You know, one of the things that really drive me and the greatest joy, man, I couldn't wait on Thursday. My son was coming home from school. I, about, I sent a text to everybody, and I'm like a stinking ball baby in my car, not completely, but like I'm telling my family, like, man, I'm so glad y'all are going to be home. I can't wait for this. This is, this, is, this is what my joy is built upon. This is my hope and my joy. But you know what? There are circumstances that can easily come and take in those moments. There are circ- and when your hope and joy is built on circumstances, even good things, even good things, there are circumstances. And, and there's nothing wrong for that hope and joy. My goodness, I don't think my family minds that I love them to death and I'm pretty happy with my whole family and I love my family. I, I don't think that's a problem. But if my family ever becomes more important than my, my joy, my hope found in Jesus Christ, that's a problem. That's a problem. When that becomes more my identity and more my purpose, more of what makes me. I don't know what your joy is. I'm just telling you what mine is. I'm not the golfer. I love, I mean, I'll go sometimes. It's horrible. I'm not good at it. I'm not going hunting. I mean, that whole cutting the thing open and doing that stuff, I mean, when you're done with it, bring me the goods, but I'm, it's not my thing. Um, let's go to a sports game. We'll do that. There, there's joy, but what is your joy? What is it that you've allowed to be? And there's nothing wrong with your joy. The only problem is, is it deeper than the footpath and the circumstances? Because there's going to be at moments where pressure's going to come. And do you have a backup plan? Or is it built on people, on circumstances? Or number three, The third thing that Jesus says that there there are those that fall among thorns. And this is what I'd say. It's built upon personal agenda. It's built upon personal agenda. He says they're overcome by the worries and the deceit of this world. Well, what's the deceit? Running after the stuff that we've made our own God, our own idolatry and stuff that we're running after, our own personal agenda, I would call it, the wealth, the things that that we try to have, the things that we want. There's nothing wrong with having and wanting those things, but once again, if those things do not become in their proper place, then it becomes an issue because what you have today could be gone tomorrow. But will your joy remain through the process? It's a miracle for the joy to remain, but that's how good the news is. That's Did you hear me? That's how good the news is. This is where we get in trouble. We celebrate the God because of how good the work is. But he is a good God not because he go- does good things. He's a good God because he is faithful and he is faithful in all things. Yes, he does good things, but he is a God whose word will never lie, whose word will never come re- return void that will accomplish what we need. And you know what the good news is? The good news is that we have a redeemer, that we have a savior. Here's number four. He says, "Here's the, the the ground as well." He says that it is good soil. Well, what's good soil? Good soil is when we're based when our joy is based upon the truth, based upon the truth. You know why that's important? Because when it's the truth that never changes, when it's opinion, it's going to change. I, I want to ask myself. In fact, I, I at times I'll ask my ask my kids. In fact, I just. Sometimes I remember having a conversation with Jaron one time, and I said, I said, man, I want you to tell me. I said, where am I changing? Because if I'm not changing to become more like Jesus, if you don't see more of Jesus in me, then you know me and you're close to me. And if you don't see more of Jesus in me, then I want to know that. Because if I'm not growing in Jesus, and I said the same thing to him, how's your prayer life? How are you growing in Jesus? How are we pursuing the things of God? How are we we moving forward? Why? Because when you're built on truth, truth will always keep you stable and will always move you forward. When you're built on truth, it's always going to keep you stable and it's always going to move you forward. And when life's pressure happens, because it will, when life pressure happens, Where is it that we fall? What is it that we turn to? What is it that we allow to overwhelm and to overcome? You understand that the greatest joy that we have is is the joy that becomes unshakable. It's a joy that doesn't change. There's a a specific word that's used to describe great joy in this text that we read. And, And just even as we're closing here today, asking the question, what is your joy built upon? Is your joy founded and built upon Jesus? Because everything else is going to change. Everything else is going to change. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. It's great joy because it's built on great news on good news. And here's what I love. I looked at the Greek word, and some of you have been around long enough, you know I love looking at original words and seeing how this is. The word used to describe great joy, I think it's pretty cool. And when you hear it, you're like, of course it would. The word used to describe great joy is megas. Isn't that kind of cool? It's megas. Somebody like, "Well, you're a nerd. Why do you think that's pretty cool?" The the reason is because we understand that megas is where we it's the Greek word, but it's where we get mega. And when we hear mega, we immediately think of something that is sizable. But that's the one dimension of it. It's not mega. In fact, the real meaning of the word mega is not its size, even though that's, when the moment I say mega, what do you think of? Something, it's large, it, it, it's, it's big. It's something that, it's, it's you know, uh, it's a, a large, it's a mega deer. If you go hunting and you found the buck, congratulations. And Maybe it was mega, it was large, what, whatever. You think of size, but really the word mega does not refer to size. That's one dimension. What it fully means and really means is powerful. And we allow joy to be the same way. We see joy as a one dimension and joy becomes the response to life. But the real meaning of joy is not the response to life. The real meaning of joy is power. Do you know why? Because some of the same words used to describe joy is also words that we use for comfort. Why do you think this time of year, oh, tidings of comfort and joy? Why is it comfort and joy? Because they're both megas. But when you're in a low point, you need comfort. And when you're at a high point, it feels like joy. But he's the same God that is not just able to cause you to jump because you've got joy, but can also cause you to jump back when you've got sorrow. That he gives you the ability to jump. And some of you are here today, and you need to jump back in your joy. Your, your joy has been been weighed down with pressure, that there's life issues. But you know what? I got good news. There's a protection plan on this joy. There's a protection plan that no matter what pressure comes against your moment in life, no matter what pressure, that there is a God who says, no, I back this up with a good news. And the good news is that the Son of the living God, that the Messiah has been born. The Messiah. Who's the Messiah? The long-awaited promise. The promise has come. You don't have a momentary situation. Your joy is not built upon your moment. Your joy is built upon the promise of the God who was who is and is to come. I know right now you might feel a pressure. That's your right now. But don't forget, He's not just a God right now. He's a God who brought you out of your past, and He's a God who still has a hope and a future. He's not stuck in your circumstance. So don't let your joy get crushed because there is an unshakable joy in Christ that He'll give you, that will sustain you, that is a joy that no matter what happens, it holds you and keeps you. Do you know that kind of joy? Oh, you know the unspeakable joy. Woohoo! I got engaged. Woohoo! I got paid. Woohoo! My neighbors moved away. Woohoo! Woohoo! My husband left for the weekend. I don't know whatever you're woohoo! Let it, woohoo! I got you you've got you know the good news of unspeakable joy, but do you know the unshakable joy? Do you know the unshakable oh, unshakable joy that's at the moment? It's like, I don't have a woo-hoo, but I know that my God is faithful. That's the joy. Joy is not one-dimensional. It's three-dimensional. That it becomes strength. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Do you know one of the most common responses to joy? is probably you would say, well, it's shouting or making a noise or woohoo or whatever your noise is. But do you know one of the most common responses to joy, even in Scripture? In fact, in in the Old Testament it says about joy that people will, will respond with joy and they will be like calves who are left out of the pen. And it says that they will leap and they will jump. I may have been guilty at a moment watching a football game from my chair and when the Steelers, which has not occurred in the last three weeks, but when there was something that was like, that was special, I may have at moments within my home gotten out of my chair and gone, yes, I may have done that. Some of you are like, oh my goodness, you're an idiot. I can't believe you. Now you know you've done the same thing. But the moment you've gotten excited, you may have jumped to your feet do you know one of the most common responses when somebody's happy they jump someone here today maybe you've got joy I don't know what your Christmas is you've got joy and you can jump pretty easy but I know there's people here today you need comfort your jumping isn't jumping your jumping is I need to jump back I need to jump back from what's been set me back I've got to jump back I don't I don't know if you're if today you're jumping with joy or you need the comfort of God to give you a jump back. I don't know what it might be but I want you to think think with me the process of jumping. I'm not a scientist I'm not a doctor. I just started thinking about this this week when I was talking about joy and I, I read about uh, the, some of the scriptures about they went about dancing and, and leaping and I will not dance and leap for you today that would be weird um, it would not even look pretty. Uh, but there's this movement of jumping and I started I was actually in the sanctuary here on on Thursday praying and and I'll just tell you I started even actually praying around the front here I started doing a little bit of this like God uh, help me to jump I I need a joy the joy of the Lord that is my strength and I believe it was the Holy Spirit because the moment I started jumping I had this thought of hey Jason when you jump your knees are bending and I thought that's pretty interesting. My knees are bending. Then I thought, you know what? I remember as well, when you jump, you not only jump to launch, but you, ju- or you you not only bend your knees to launch, but you bend your knees to land. And you do, it's just a natural reaction. I mean, just do it right now. Get up and jump. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I mean, if you tried, if you would just jump, the moment you jump, it's the natural reaction that your knees bend. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me, and I know within the body, the reason our knees bend is because we bend our knees to alleviate the pressure that when we're jumping or when we're landing if we did not bend it would be too much pressure on the joints but because we bend it alleviates the pressure and the holy spirit spoke to me and said my people don't have joy because they've not bent their knees enough to alleviate the pressure they've not bent their knees enough in my presence to alleviate the pressure they're carrying it all on their own doing their own thing. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to get their own counsel, their own way. They've not bent their knee. And someone here today, when was the last time you bent your knee in the presence of God and say, God, I need the joy that comes from you. Not the joy that I can carry, but the joy that I need to bow on my knee and allow the Spirit of God to cultivate in me a strength that is not my own. I can't carry the pressure. I need a backup plan. I need a protection plan. I need a guarantee. Guess what? I bring you good news. That's all I got. I bring you good news. I bring you good news that will bring great joy, mega joy, not one-dimensional momentary joy, but joy that will last forever. Someone, maybe today, your bones get a little stiff, get a little heavy. You need to jump again. You need to declare today that in Jesus' name, you're going to allow God to restore unto you the what? David said this. David said when he needed to return back to his walk with God, he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Some of you haven't jumped for Jesus in a while. Some of you haven't gotten excited for what Christ has done. It's become a badge and a tag along and yeah I believe, yeah I believe Jesus, yeah I believe but it's not transformed. It's not come in to a place that it's caused you to bend your knees that in the moment when you don't feel like you have a reason to be joyful, you still bend your knee and know that your joy isn't coming because of what happened your joy is coming because of the one who already came, who overcame death, hell.